0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Joyous Conversations with me, your host, Joy Makassi. And so, yes, uh, today I have a wonderful guest here with me. I've known him for quite a while through the tech fest scene, and he's in a very amazing band that I love where they do. Um, you might have heard of him before. Uh, my guest today is Charlie Griffiths. Charlie, why don't you introduce everyone to how we know each other and introduce yourself.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hi, um, hi, I'm Charlie, Charlie Griffiths. Um yeah, I've I met Joy. Um, I must have been a gig, really. I think.
0: Yeah, I think so. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, met met Joy at a gig. Um, I think Ben Sutherland introduced us, and um, yeah, from there, you know, we always we always had a chat and uh, were friendly to each other every time we saw each other's shows, and uh, yeah, and I guess we're here now, and you've uh, invited me to your show, so thank you very much. <laughs>
0: No, it's all good, man. It's all good. So, um, whenever I get started, I like to ask my guests what song or album that they've had playing in their heads over the last week or few days. So, what song has been in your mind recently? Oh, um, cool. That's a difficult one because I, I,
1: I. Over the week, I tend to listen to a lot of music because I, when I'm doing admin and stuff, I uh, tend to just whack on spotify and go through my discover weekly or my release radar um i guess uh i got i guess the most recent actually the other day uh, a friend introduced me to the band uh what they called summoning i just have it was it's quite they're quite a new band uh let me just have a check summoning the like if that's how all the lick i don't know it's spelled l-i-c-h summoning the like or the lick uh, they've only got two tracks on spotify but they're sort of like a melodic death metal band and uh, so i guess that that was the last thing that was in my in my mind when i was listening to music uh because uh, i've never heard of them a friend introduced me and i was just like wow they're a really good band uh right up my street really
0: Hmm. I mean th- that's always a genre that I've always found quite interesting melodic death metal because when you tell people that I think some people who don't know th- about that they'll be like wait that's a thing
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's actually um I, I like I feel like it's the it's the more <clears throat> prominent subgenre of of death metal or, or yeah or, or that side of extreme metal you know you hear I feel like you hear more about mellow death and melodic death, especially from uh, places like Sweden and Finland and stuff like that. You know, me- mellow mellow death seems to be there, right up their street. Really, there's some really good bands from from that area of Europe. Mm.
0: Um, yeah, I need to check them out. Uh, with me, my song of the last weekend actually has been "Stone and Silver Part One: The Mountain Slice the Cake." It's
1: oh nice, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I I don't know how it started. I was just, I think, on YouTube and I have a tendency of just going through bands and trying to see people react to them just to see what they're finding. Uh it's it's it started off with me um looking at people reacting to Polyphia Goat because dear God, that song is just a flex.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, and then I, I ended up just um on a whole thing about watching people react to a slice of cake and I'm like, damn, I like the song
1: yeah there's some there's some really good uh slice the cake stuff um fun, funny enough uh it's been i think during my my uh last year of degree um i can't remember which member it was that i contacted but um i contacted them about i just wanted to do a little uh interview with them about uh composition and songwriting uh so that was quite interesting to speak to them um yeah, I don't, I don't know, I'll I have to dig dig, deep, deep and find out who, because, uh, you know, they, whenever, no, next time I sort of pass through, you know, I could be like, hey, do you remember doing this? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, we almost had that chance last year at Techfest because they were supposed to play, weren't they?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, I remember actually seeing them play. Uh, the first time I saw them play was at the um, Scream Lounge in
0: Croydon. Really? Hmm. Yeah, I've never seen them play myself, but I really want to because that would just be amazing. And they all, all three of them are just ridiculously talented musicians as well. It's just scary at times.
1: Yeah. Oh, sorry. I I was like the silence was there, and I was like, "Oh, is he gone?"
0: <laughs> no, I'm here. It, it does out at times. <laughs> you get
1: used to it. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah they're they're really good. Did, in fact, did we? Did maybe? Did we meet each other at a gig at Scream Lounge? Maybe.
0: Maybe. Like, maybe. Actually, it seems like a possibility.
1: Yeah, I feel like you know before. I f- I feel like we knew each other even before the days of Harbinger. Huh. possibly no. or, or no, maybe, because, maybe not maybe, maybe, maybe not stage,
0: yeah. <laughs> no. you see this is a problem because because we keep on meeting each other at a lot of gigs they all just kind of morph into just a whole blend of memories and then you are just thinking what is happening
1: because <laughs> mm. i yeah. feel like i feel like when ben introduced me to i think do do you vaguely remember that? Do you think it was Ben that introduced us?
0: I think it might have been Ben, but then again, I've been I, I've been around you guys so many times as well. It's just also kind of moulded into things. There is this um there is this interesting theory about just the malleability of human memory and they have tried to show it in terms of just trying to get people to recall what just happened in front of them and a lot of times people get things wrong because you have either a mental schema that you end up having or you your brain ends up making things that might be there or might not which is why having eyewitness testimony in courts should be questionable i did psychology as my undergrad so i should explain. i'm not just randomly shouting oh, oh. stuff.
1: yeah no that, that's cool it's uh interesting i always find stuff about the human mind very interesting
0: oh yeah no, it is really interesting and you get to learn so much like one of the things that i loved um about psychology was learning um basically social psychology which is quite interesting and you get to learn a lot of interesting yet scary things about humanity. One of which was, I think if I remember correctly, in the 1920s, somewhere in America, there was a lady who was around a block of flats and she was being attacked and she was crying for help, but no one ended up helping because psychologically people ended up thinking that somebody else was going to help her and then no one did a thing. So people end up advising that if you're in trouble and then if you need help, point to someone and then say you help me because otherwise people might just end up being slightly ambivalent and think somebody else is going to help yeah
1: yeah so yeah it's a it's it's a strange sad but kind of sad thing at the same time you know
0: (laughs) yeah no it it is but then again we've used psychology to learn a lot of amazing things yeah oh yeah
1: yeah, definitely
0: yeah it's been quite i wouldn't say great interesting (laughs) Right. enlightening <laughs> enlightening is the phrase yes yeah. enlightening is the phrase so since we're still talking about music um, with this off because you're now in what genre would you say Harbinger is I've always wondered and I want to ask you before I continue <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah I mean I just um, I feel like I've just got to the point now where I just there's so so many subgenres. I'm just and, and this is a personal thing as well because I love I just love metal. I, I love heavy metal. Like it just, like I imagine almost all the subgenres. You know, there's there's probably some obscure bit uh, subgenres of metal that maybe I'm not so much into. But um, you know, when people ask me, I'm just like, we're just we're just a heavy metal band. And I think some of the other members, I think some of the other members say the same. Because um, I, I can't. I don't feel like you can pigeonhole us into like you like deathcore or or death metal or, um, you know, metalcore. You know, you can't really I I don't feel like you can pigeonhole us into any of those subgenres. I feel we're a bit of a mix of all of that. And I think that's probably because of all the influences and inspirations coming from drawing from every member of the band.
0: Hmm. and talk about that like with you how did you get into well metal and how do you have you then used those influences in harbinger
1: um so I, i i reckon my first taste of of metal when i was a kid were bands like uh black sabbath and um yeah black black sabbath and you know dare i say you know bands like led zeppelin and stuff um the reason why i say dare i say it is because you know you know these days it's not really cast classed as metal um i definitely think that black sabbath is still classed as a heavy metal band um but you know that was sort of, they they were sort of like the uh one of the creators of the or the the starting points of the genre um so that that was probably my first taste but and then i was into i was into some like newer metal bands like Linkin Park and and stuff like that and that got uh, Linkin Park, Limp Biscuit, Corn. you know all the new metal bands um and that that evolved into heavier bands like uh I remember in the days of Scuzz and Kerrang! TV <laughs>
0: yeah
1: you know um seeing bands like Dis- uh, Disturbed, Trivium um and and, and, and bands like that I, I remember getting this compilation called Supercharged um, I'm sure there's some people out there that can relate relate to me on that. That um, it had it had loads of bands of the new metal era, really, um, like uh, Limp Bizkit, uh, Slipknot, um, Stained. It had Nickelback on it as well. Really? Yeah. Um, uh, saliva. Uh, pfft so there was so many, it's a great compilation. Like I'm pretty sure somebody's put a playlist together on Spotify of it. If you search for it. Um, but yeah, so I remember when I first heard uh, slipknot spit out on that. And I think that was my first taste of slipknot. And I was like, Oh my God, why is this? And at the time, you know, the, the sort of, uh, the, the, the side of the sort of shouty side of metal that I'd heard was uh, Linkin Lincoln park. um, so I guess that was my gateway to then discovering like evolving Well, discovering bands that shout a lot more and um, less clean singing. But yeah, I, I, yeah. So I guess that's kind of how I got into metal. Um, I've always, even as a kid, I've always had quite an eclectic music taste. Um, I think because of my parents, they listen to all kinds of genre. Well, my dad's a big, he loves his rock music, but he, he's, he's into his, uh, you know, blues and soul and and as well and, and and stuff like that um but I guess rock predominantly and then my mum likes like to rock bands too um as well as pop bands and so I, I was sort of into all that too as well as the sort of as as I grew up I, I found myself introducing my parents to uh new music as much as they were introducing me to it as well
0: nice, nice. And, and so, so how, how do you use be, those influences influence when it comes to harbinger? to harbinger um so
1: I guess now for play playing guitar for a long time and listening to music for you know my life so far um I think when it comes to harbinger, it's all kind of like um it it, it it's all gathered together and uh, to to come out with the sound that you know uh, i bring to the band um you know like with um, with some of the lead stuff that i do i definitely feel like there's some classic rock vibes as, in there as much as there is like uh the metal style lead playing and even like prog style lead playing or even fusion and jazz um but definitely with the riffage I always like quite, at least at the moment, I like my quite chunky, aggressive riffs. But I do like to put in those sort of uh, finger twisting, technical parts as well. It's um, so yeah, I kind of I I think that all the influences come together really, um, maybe maybe even mood as well. You know, like depending on how I'm feeling is uh, it it well that that depends on what comes out if you get me
0: yeah no i got you there and so um how did harbinger get started i've always been interested about that part
1: so um i was the last member to join um they were the rest of them um so they so i guess i could say the old lineup now because um uh, tom gardner our vocalist left uh over a year ago year and a half ago or something like that. So um, they were all in a band called Immerse, uh, which funny enough had um, Connor from Loathe. Really? Yeah, yeah, in it. Um, and uh, so we're, we're all really good friends with those guys. Um, you know, we're hopefully one day we'll get to do a tour with them again because we did a tour with them back in 2017 around the UK and that was just like the best ever best times um so yeah they, they then i think connor left ben joined immerse and then they started saying that they wanted to go down like a bit more of a heavier route like a darker route with the music uh because it was kind of like um i guess like architect style metal uh ah. immerse. maybe like a little bit more um i guess technical in some ways um so then they decided to form harbinger and then they were looking for um looking for a guitar a second guitarist and for ages i was meaning to like because they played their first show of monuments before i joined which i think was november 2015 and um i couldn't get to that um and then i was it November actually maybe it was earlier than that I'm not sure actually but um I I would then went to a show in Dalston finally and got to see them but play- oh no it wasn't Dalston it was um it was the Scream Lounge in Croydon and um yeah I just said to Ben oh, I'm really digging what you're you guys are doing are you, you have are you still I don't know are you looking for a second guitarist because I noticed that some of the other parts on the backing track And he was like, oh, yeah, yeah. And sort of, why, why sort of like raising his eyebrows, like sort of (laughs) like, well, you know, are you interested? And I was like, yeah, yeah, man. So then, yeah, I just, uh, you know, I sort of sent him a video of me playing and stuff like that. and Yeah. And and then by January, yeah, a few months later, I was announced as the other guitarist and we did start doing some gigs together. Um, So I guess that's, does does that sort of explain the history of,
0: harbinger yeah
1: no, yeah, it, no does. it does um, but then yeah. but then how did how you, you then, to all to all that that get it, get it, to it checklist? Checklist. so um so me and ben had been friends or aware of each other because uh, we'd been in bands prior to harbinger where we used to play gigs with one another and, and stuff like that and um the band i was in before harbinger doing from day 1 um we played techfest and um so so i already knew simon and some of the staff at techfest um and same same with ben you know ben was ben's always been friendly with the techfest community and i think same with um chris our bassist or other what also known as milky oh, okay. um yeah <laughs> um i think in general we just all had quite good ties with the tech Fest community um so when we released our first tra- uh the first track from the first ep it picked up some um what's the word uh, traction yeah it picks up some traction yeah um and so yeah we we played we played that year, twenty sixteen, and then um it went the it went really well. So I think that impressed Simon and then that led to us playing the year after as well. Um and then we had a little break. Um a year's break and then the year after that we played again, which is when we released our our album. So um yeah, I get I guess that's how how we came to to play that festival we, we also played some like tech habilitations and stuff like that um
0: so uh yeah co- connections from the past yeah but it's it's always interesting isn't it how connected the whole scene is and you end up seeing it in that way that as i said we met at a gig and then you've also met all these other people if they've performed um for their festival like as i said you've performed at tech fest before harbinger but you also make so many connections because it's such a tight-knit community especially with tech fest is not it and that ends up being quite helpful in a lot of ways because you make so many amazing friends along the way that end up being so helpful in ways that you never expect from what i've noticed
1: yes yeah yeah definitely it's a it's a, it's a really good community and um very friendly community that everybody seems to be up for helping each other and and just supporting each other
0: true 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 so um What would you say is your favorite um, Techfest moment? Since we're still talking about Techfest at the time, moment, yeah. Um,
1: it's got it's got to be play. It probably yeah. I've always I've loved playing it every single time. Um, but last time we played, it was just the the crowd was insane. It was just absolutely rammed. There was people out that couldn't get into the hangar hangar uh, crowd bit and just quite overwhelming, really, um, the support and also the, cause that was the year that we released our album and, um, you know, to get that to, to, it kind of shows that how well received it had been in the community. And, uh, so, um, yeah, thank you to everybody that came to see us. It's, uh, it is it, definitely a very special moment for myself and the rest of the band. Um, i just remember sit, hitting that um intro sample for our set and just walking onto the stage and being like oh my god there's so many people in front of us and so but that that just gets me pumped um you know it gets get sometimes sometimes you can get a bit nervous just before you walk on the stage but then as soon as you've hit that first note or chord it's uh for me it turns into adrenaline and then it's a bit yeah. like part
0: of the show. <laughs> you know that's true, and I remember getting that feeling myself when I used to perform. And it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Although, um, to add on to this, uh, with yourselves, one of my favorite Texas moments, and I still speak about this with every one of my friends who was there, was you guys doing slam terror. Uh,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. I did not was, expect that. <laughs> that 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 was good fun as well. Um, yeah, very good fun because it was the. Oh yeah, I can't remember which. Yeah, it was Slam Terror was the first was the first um, tribute set we did, and then uh, we did Slam of God as well.
0: Oh yeah, that that was also pretty good. Like you guys just know how to reinvent things that are already there. I mean, even um, I remember when I was listening to the compilation of Avenged Sevenfold, and you guys have a song on there for was it Kerrang! if I'm not mistaken? Uh, Metal Hammer metal hammer yeah and you guys also just did so well because you just take songs that people already know and then you give them your own twist that just makes them unique and it's just like maybe
1: maybe that's the uh the um maybe maybe that's a sign that we should be doing that <laughs> more often you know like the we should uh we we should uh, bu- Maybe create like some sort of tribute act, but with a twist. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's like all your favorite rock songs, just very, very heavy.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was it was quite nice actually because quite, quite a lot of Avenged Sevenfold fans when we put it up on YouTube. Uh, it, well, Pete, obviously we don't know because it, it it's somebody behind their computer and um, type in the comments, but it seemed like there was quite a few hardcore Avenged Sevenfold fans that thought that. They were like, you know, absolutely love the original song, and we, you know, they think that we did the song justice without like ruining it. So that was really nice to hear because it's definitely something that we wanted to do. We because we were, you know, that album, City of Evil. We were all we're all massive fans of it. I think all of us were, you know, at least at least three of us, I reckon. Um, So we wanted to do the song justice and make sure that it wasn't. It wasn't overkill, you know, um, because, you know, bands can certainly do that with uh, (laughs) covering songs.
0: Oh, yeah, man, I've seen it and it can be tricky just getting the balance right. But you guys did it quite well. Uh, Well, thank you. No, you're welcome. I'm always here to stand, my friends. It's literally what I do. I am using this platform to just hype up everyone's stuff. It's like, they do amazing stuff. Listen to it now. (laughs) (laughs) I only do my best. (laughs) So uh, while we're still on music at the moment, you said that um, due to your upbringing, you had a very eclectic mix um, growing up. What genres do you listen to that people might be surprised by?
1: Uh, Funk music maybe ooh,
0: um
1: yeah funk music I mean I I think I think people probably um wouldn't be surprised that I listen to you know fusion and a bit of jazz and you know definitely not prog because you know everybody in the tech fest community listens to some kind of prog you know? oh, yeah um so yeah I reckon maybe funk or uh you know a bit of country maybe
0: Oh, yeah, no, funk is so good, but country... I remember when I had Jahan here, and um, I was telling him about how even great, when I was growing up in Zimbabwe, my mother was a big Dolly Parton fan, still is, so I grew up just listening to Dolly Parton, and
1: oh, nice.
0: that woman is just amazing. I'm just like, Dolly Parton, can you adopt the whole world?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, She's she is a great person and uh, great, great music. Um, yeah, definitely, like, older stuff as well, just um you know i love stevie wonder stuff oh yeah but i get i guess that kind of it's funny because i don't really remember my dad playing his stuff that much when i was younger but then when we were older having a conversation with with him about stevie wonder and realizing that he was a big fan um yeah i was kind of like oh right i didn't didn't really realize (laughs) that you were that into stevie wonder
0: like when it comes to music, um, one of the things just weird genres. One of the things that I find interesting was when you end up finding people who have gone into genres that you don't expect. Like Mike Patton is a good example of just, he does a lot of things that just really surprise me that I do not end up expecting. Or also, um, is it Danny Warsop from um, Asking Alexandria, who apparently loves this country, if I'm not mistaken?
1: Oh all right, okay. I didn't know that.
0: Yeah. yeah, because it's that kind of weird versatility that you don't expect. And Danny Elfman, I did not even know that he was in Oingo Boingo till recently. Oh and yeah, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> because I know him as the guy who made the soundtrack for the Batman animated series and an amazing, just person who does amazing soundtracks. Like, oh no, he used to be in that band. I'm like, what?
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, don't don't get me started about the Batman animated series.
0: It is so good, though. We will get to that because we said that we're going to get to yeah. DC. Yeah, so, but um, actually, we might as well just get to it now. We will come to everything else later. So, but seriously, the Batman animated series is one of the best, just Batman's ever. I I re, I will f- I will fight with people who say no. Like Mark <laughs> Hamill as the Joker is iconic. Yeah, yeah. Mark Mark Hamill and um his Kevin his, Conroy.
1: Kevin Conroy, yeah. Like, Kevin Conroy is just the voice of Batman. Yeah. And I just... I find it... I've, I've watched a few interviews over the past year or so, and, um, you know, it's just fascinating how um, he came to be and get the, you know, get the role. Um, it was kind of a bit un, unexpected for him, I think, but now he's become this complete Batman icon. <laughs>
0: yeah, and uh, have you played the Arkham games? Uh, okay, so I
1: i hadn't i hadn't played a console you know i might have dabbled in one here and there but it wasn't mine i haven't had one for like probably about 12 years whoa um so my last one was the playstation 2 um and for years and years and years i've seen you know i've seen the arkham games get announced and blah 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 and and um you know back in the back of my mind I was just like one day I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> buy those games. I'm gonna buy like a, a PlayStation, play them. So do you know what? Just before Christmas, because um, the PlayStation Five hype was on about, I was like, I bet some some people are selling their PlayStation Four Pros for like pretty cheap. And yeah, I managed to get a second-hand one with some controllers for a decent price on eBay. And the uh, only game that I bought was the um, remastered Arkham Trilogy for the Ooh. PlayStation Four. So um, I'm just about finishing arkham city so i've done arkham asylum and i'm just about finishing that one so um yeah I, i'm gonna have a little break from um batman um, uh, before i do arkham knight um because i got for my birthday i got bought um uh star wars uh jedi fallen order oh so i'm looking forward to starting that
0: oh funny so um I will start off with uh, the Batman and then I'll go on to um, Star Wars because it's kind of interlinked. I've started watching this uh, series uh, called Corridor Digital on what's well, this channel called Corridor Digital on YouTube. And they mainly do VFX stuff, but they also get uh, stunt people to come in and have a look at stunts on the in movies. Yeah. But the cinematics for most of the Batman games and also the Star Wars games like Fallen Order, it's all mocap. So it's like real people who've done that. Yeah, yeah, and I was blown away because um, there's a trailer for Arkham Origins where it's like Batman versus Deathstroke, and it looks amazing. And then when I find out, no, that's actually real people. They just mocap that. I'm like, what?
1: Yeah, I was really sad to hear that they hadn't remastered the uh, Origins fil- uh, game, but um, I found out you can you can there's a way to play it if you sort of pay the subscription for PS Now. So uh, at some at some point, I'll uh, I'll pay for that subscription and play it, but
0: yeah mate you're in for a treat with night um all i say is batmobile that is what i say
1: okay cool <laughs> awesome.
0: it is a tank but yeah <laughs> I, i've also started playing fallen order and it is quite fun it is i can see why people say that it's a bit dark souls like because you do die a lot of times <laughs> but it is actually quite fun
1: <laughs> oh, okay cool yeah i'm looking forward to doing that because it's uh um i think i mentioned to you we're doing this a, a star's binge at the moment um which includes like all the tv series as well as the movies like uh we've done clone wars we've done rebels uh wow yeah and we're yeah we're currently on rogue one so we we did like the prequel trilogy and then our uh, sorry we did episode one and two and then we watched the whole of the clone wars
0: uh uh
1: tv series and then we did revenge of sith and then we watched the whole then we did solo then we watched the whole of the rebels series and now we're on rogue one and um, so we were just kind of like yeah if we're going to do it we're going to do it properly
0: <laughs> i mean that is some dedication there because even i've not seen clone wars i know what happens in it yeah um, and even i'm like no and rebels is a bit like hit or miss, hit or miss for me because yeah. I, let's be honest first episode's Ezra is not the best of characters yeah. he might grow as a character but it's like yeah no this is not
1: yeah I feel like you have to kind of like um, stick with it like Clone Wars gets better um, maybe around the end of season two and season three and then uh, from there I just think it's great uh, but funny enough actually yeah I get, I get what you say about the start of Rebels but by the end of the first season I feel like it's kind of it's picking off, it's finding its ground, and uh, I actually, because I watched it already, and it's just my girlfriend, Ella, hadn't watched it, um, and and I really enjoyed watching it again the second time, probably more than I did the first time.
0: Mm. Talking about that, though, um, since you've seen Clone Wars, the fight between Sidious, Maul, and uh, Savage Press,
1: Yeah, that is awesome.
0: (laughs) Dude like oh shit also because you've also seen Clone Wars I keep on just remembering things I need to find you um the link to send to you uh it's from Corridor Digital but they they have um when they're reviewing some of the clips and everything else they have the stunt woman who basically mo for Ahsoka in that fight against Maul in the last season
1: oh awesome yeah that yeah, was and-
0: yeah <laughs> And Maul was actually Ray Ray Park as well, so they got OG Maul to do his own mocap. And yeah,
1: yeah, that was really cool. Man,
0: really love Star Wars.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's great. Like, I'm. Um, um, I think, yeah the um, the The Mandalorian had really, it, to be honest. Like, yeah, I think The Mandalorian has made me fall in love with Star Wars again. Like, thank you, John Favreau and Dave Filoni. You know. <laughs>
0: Dave Filoni. Yeah. yeah. Everyone always forgets Dave Filoni. is like, Filoni just clone wars and other things. Filoni is integral to this, guys.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, Dave, like, John Favreau is is a Don when it comes to Star Wars. Like, he knows his stuff. But so, like, Dave Filoni, I feel this is the future of Star Wars. I feel like he is the new George Lucas. Like, he oh, yeah, just no.
0: gets it. No, he does and also I think he works with George whenever he's kind of stuck is like what do we do here what do we do there and everything else and it just works so well
1: yeah like I feel I think uh, John Favreau and Dave Filoni are do it are making sure that they they um consult um with George Lucas about everything they do now um and I feel like that's why they're gonna save Star Wars yeah um so. Um, but yeah, it's definitely just everything, everything that Dave Filoni's done has um, helped me love the films more um, or like them more than I did. Because, yeah, I guess I just kind of I was like, I, I guess I kind of gave up hope a little bit a few years ago. And and uh, but yeah, now it's back. Um,
0: so, you know, especially with that end of season two. Oh yeah, we won't spoil anything because if yeah, people yeah. haven't seen it, but you're in for a treat. Mm. Yeah,
1: yeah. Just the whole that season two was amazing. Like especially, yeah, with all, all with all the uh, people that turn up in it. So,
0: <laughs> oh yeah, that's what we'll say. Although talking about that, you just reminded me, because we spoke a bit earlier, and you were saying that you like DC comics. But um, do you read many Marvel comics by any chance?
1: So, I'm 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 probably like to to uh, to a uh, a comic purist um i'm probably um it's you know i i they, they're probably like no you can't call yourself a you know a real fan because um i've actually never read any comics yet <laughs> but for christmas i got some batman graphic novels because you know if i'm going to start with anything it's going to be batman yeah
0: um
1: so i got uh, i haven't started yet but i've got year one I've got Long Halloween and uh, the Killing Joke, so I'm looking forward to digging into those. Um, but I I feel like I know so many of the storylines and stuff like that because of all the nerdy videos I've watched on YouTube. There's so many amazing YouTube channels out there, and um, I've de- they've definitely helped me understand um, the universe a lot more and what goes on in the comics and uh, and to be honest, they've they've. They're the reason why I wanted to get some comics for Christmas so um, or graphic novels for Christmas. So, um, you know, they, they good for them. You know, they've they've I'm sure they've inspired a lot of other people to actually go and support the
0: comic industry yeah. as well. Yeah. I mean, um, one suggestion that I would say for you is um, a book that I read uh, DC wise that was really good years ago. Superman Red Sun. Oh, okay yeah i watched the animated film i'm
1: big fan of the animated stuff that dc do as well
0: uh, dc do do amazing animated. i mean marvel live action they're doing yeah better so far but animation dc has it on point i i cannot even deny that i i fully am for it I,
1: yeah same same I, I i love it um they just say uh, yeah they've always done a good job since uh the batman anime series so
0: oh yeah Oh, talking about that. Have you been watching uh, Young Justice, the TV show?
1: Yeah, I've watched all of that, yeah.
0: Oh, man. It's so good. It's so good. It's, like, so good. I'm getting sidetracked now. So I was asking <laughs> about Marvel Comics because uh, Marvel Comics, well, because it's Marvel, they do Star Wars comics?
1: Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: And they have this character in one of the main uh, Star Wars comics called Dr. Afra, and she's basically... Imagine... Indiana Jones kind of archaeologist. Yeah. But evil. Oh. What well, not, not evil per se, but you know, morally flexible, we'll put it that way. She will happily work for Vader and then betray him at a certain point and then try to survive. It oh, is wow. um, yeah. It is just amazing the stories that they have. And I keep on wishing that they give her a TV show or something because she would be a really neat character, just somebody who is just that ballsy and saying yeah, I'm going to try to betray Beth Vader, and then I'm going to just basically play the Empire and the Rebels against each other and everything else. It's 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 good.
1: Yeah, no, that sounds awesome. Um, I'm definitely tempted to um, dig into the Darth, the Darth Vader uh, comics or novels or whatever they are he, um, to to sort of expand um, his story between, um, between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope.
0: Oh yeah, no, the comics are great, but then you end up realizing that Darth Vader is basically just extra with whatever he does in the comics. But he is kind of like that as well in in the actual movies. It's a good so a good example is Rogue One. Yeah. There was no reason for him to just stand there and then just turn the lightsaber and then just walk slowly. He could have just gone and re- but he's like, no, I have to be extra. I have to get them scared. Okay, lightsaber, yeah. <laughs> walk slowly and ominously, and then start wrecking shit yeah
1: (laughs) yeah he's pretty badass really
0: oh no i love Darth vader as well i just love star wars it's just so many amazing things and with um you know the star wars but then i also like marvel but then i also like dc and dc at the present moment um i'm not i don't know if you know about this but they they've done another reboot kind of (laughs)
1: Yeah, like, uh, oh yeah, the yeah the future state stuff. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting what they're gonna do because um, I still feel like they've got. Have you do you know about the um, the the deceased storylines? Yes. Yeah. So they've got that. That's kind of edging towards the start of something new and then same and then then you've got the, uh, the death metal event as well like know, yeah, it's it's um yeah it's uh, yeah it's, it's strange i'm not sure what they're really doing but you know i'm it's i'm i'm intrigued with the new storylines but you know i've got so much back
0: storylines
1: that i need to like read that you know i'll I'm happy we're just going with the old school stuff for the time being, but I'm always interested in where they're taking it.
0: Yeah, you no, know, future state has a lot of potential and yeah. with me, when it comes to deceased, I I'm interested to see how it stacks up with Marvel zombies because Marvel had years ago, they did a whole event called Marvel zombies, yeah. which is like an alternate universe thing, but it, it's kind of similar, but very different in the ways that they've done it. Because well, Marvel Zombies is just the zombies, but then with well, when you've got deceased, it's the anti life equation that just mucked up because Desad and Darkseid do not know how to do things. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that it, it it has a lot of really interesting branching off points that I am really ready to see where it ends up going.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it, it's definitely interesting. Especially with Damian. Well, I don't know whether well this is this a spoiler alert. <laughs> no. Uh, But, you know, with Damien Wayne taking the mantle of Batman, like that's, uh, I thought that was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, and also uh, one thing that I want to see them do is to keep Damien's edge. So you still have him having that whole, he's different from Bruce. He might just kill you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But he might just. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But no, it's it it is interesting just the whole bat family and how they are because everyone has their favorite. Uh from and I think you can always tell someone's um favorite based on their age or when they start a comic books in a way. Yeah. Like with me, my favorite is, well, Jason Todd. I have I yeah. I'm, I'm not gonna deny that. Like yeah. yes, Dick Grayson is nice, Tim Drake is okay, Damien has potential jason has actual reasons to hate batman that are very much understood <laughs> yeah yeah
1: <laughs> yeah it definitely is um yeah i love all the red hood stuff it's it's really cool
0: yeah red hood and the outlaws has been pretty good and then what they're doing now with red hood is pretty good but they are well opening it up to everything and especially with future state i'm interested to see how that ends up going oh i forgot about Duke thomas as well but he's not really a rob robin so he doesn't i mean he kind of counts but yeah yeah um i'm getting really sidetracked into comic books don't get me started i will just not <laughs> stop. <again. laughs> no that's
1: cool i love all of it um yeah and, and uh, just because i mentioned dc and star wars like i, I do love the marvel stuff as well it's it's cool. I just, I don't know, I've always had this deeper connection with DC over Marvel. Um, I guess maybe the Batman thing, just that I grew up with the Batman anime series and my parents let me watch the Tim Burton movies when I was younger and I used to run around in a Batman costume uh, most of my days when I was a little kid. So, you know, that's
0: probably the uh, the DC connection there. Yeah, I mean, that is understandable because as there was this video that I was watching on YouTube that made sense about just the current state of the comic book movie industry and everything else that due to the, um, representation that we end up getting on screen that's how people get much more invested and for people our age we had the batman animated series which really just sucked us in uh yeah. with with me I only pivoted to marvel because they you have disney plus don't you because yeah for the, yeah, the stuff that you're watching yeah I would imagine so um there's a TV show it's only two seasons uh it's on there called avengers earth's mightiest heroes okay. one of the best avengers cartoons out there they canceled it because just like young justice they were not selling enough toys. Um, yeah. <laughs> I know. But it is so good in the terms of how well they write the characters, how well they write the story. It's, it has like an overarching story as well. And everyone gets their own, you know, moment to shine. Even Dr. Doom, who I would oh, say boom. is the best comic book villain in both Marvel and DC. I, I will stand on that. P- people will say that the Joker is the best in my. I understand, but Doctor Doom has basically become a god four times, kind of, give or take, and has ruled the world a lot, and then he just got bored, and then he went back to just being a king. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, he's, he's pretty badass. I, I, I guess as well as the Batman an, animated series, I was really into um, the 90s Spider-Man, X-Men, The Hulk, Fantastic Four, Silver Surfer, all of those awesome marvel tv shows that came out then did you watch any of those
0: yes uh and good for you because that x-men uh x-men and spider-man are also on disney plus
1: yes yeah i i I really need i think the the hulk show is on there iron man like i think all of them is on there yeah like silver surfer fantastic four it's uh it's kind of
0: overwhelming. I'm like, which one do I <laughs> you know? I get you there. Oh no, seriously, so talking about X-Men though, that opening tune, the riff up me.
1: Yeah, yeah, always do you, do you know, there's um I feel like that's got a really personal connection with me and uh there's there's like that sound yeah. it reminds me like I kind of uh in the early days of playing guitar, I kind of discovered like roughly what those notes were. And I think ever since then, like I just always whenever I hear some notes in a similar sequence, I'm just like, that just sounds like X Men. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, it's funny that when you're teaching guitar, when you as you say that, well, when you first started learning guitar, you just found that because that does happen at times, but you you've also had, you know, the actual music education. I like somebody like me who was like, is there a tab for that? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. no it says you know taps are still
0: handy so <laughs> oh yeah so since we've gone back to music you're a music teacher nowadays aren't you along with being a harbinger
1: yeah yeah so um yeah just a just a private um music teacher or private well private guitar teacher mainly
0: um yeah just just me on my own <laughs>
1: doing my
0: thing i mean how have you been finding trying to teach during lockdown because i i would say that guitar is quite a personal thing that works better when you're in person with someone like face to face like human to human because you can see what the finger placement and also what they might be getting good at but what they're just almost there with how how has that been working Uh, now that you're well we're all at home really
1: yeah well to, to be honest it's been really good like um i mean I, I i have over the past year or so i have lost students like my retention is quite good like it's quite high so that's that's usually i don't lose you know maybe two to two to five students a year you know that's kind of like a natural uh knockoff but um that, yeah, i've lost quite a few students over this year not all at once luckily just because of what's happening in the world and you know uh, it could be Yeah, i lost a few just because they didn't really fancy doing the online thing um and then i'll uh, you know it was for some it was financial and, and blah, blah blah um but i've actually gained a lot of students as well just people that are like I'm at home a lot, have more time because I'm working at home. I'm not commuting and stuff like that. So they've finally had the time to do something for themselves and learn the instrument and stuff like that. So, um, so I'm very thankful that um, a lot of my students have actually stuck with me. Majority of my students have stuck with it. And plus I've, I've um, taken on some new students Um, in regards to the actual teaching methods. I think it's, it, it, it's awesome there's like actually i am i feel very positive about running my lessons online um there's not really a lot of cons in my opinion i like the online teaching thing i think is subjective you know if i think if you've convinced yourself you're not going to like it then you're not going to like it there's nothing that anybody can say, uh, just like yeah. anything in life, really, I guess, you know, <laughs> you know, if you've convinced yourself is it's like uh, I always remember that quote by uh, Tyrion Lannister in Game of Thrones. Um, belief is. Um, oh, what is it? Belief is the end of all reason or something like that. Um, it does that kind of make sense to you? Like, you yeah, know, it does. Yeah. Yeah. Like the I feel like that's such a powerful quote and it came from a book uh well I'm sure a lot of powerful quotes did um but you know it's just it makes complete sense that you know if you've convinced yourself that you you think in some way or you believe in some way then even reason even fact and reason is not going to change your mind you know (laughs) it's it's, oh that's true yeah um but yeah I just think that yeah if you're not gonna if you're not convinced about the online teaching thing then it's not for you but then there are a whole lo- load of people that are very much um up for the online thing and i guess just like me find the benefit of being able to do it just from their homes and not having to commute anywhere um you know the fact that it's a lot more convenient and uh, in it in regards to sort of seeing their hands and stuff like that and analyzing it then that, that it's not really a problem like i i um you know i've made sure my setup is really good so that my students can see my hands clearly and understand what i'm what i'm um explaining um but also i make sure that they all know how to set up and they know um how to have their camera and stuff and what you know i've been doing it for for almost a year now um i did do online lessons prior to lockdown so it wasn't a completely new new thing to me um but uh yeah everybody's very much uh, especially with the new students that came in I made sure that they knew exactly how to set up everything on zoom and how to set up right at home um to make sure that we gain the most out of all the lessons um so yeah it's, it's, been, it's been it's been very positive for me it's not you know, it's considering all the negativity that's happened over the last year or so. Um, I'm very grateful that it's been uh, it's it's been quite positive for me.
0: Oh, that's good. I mean, you just reminded me when you were saying about setup that um, there was a few months ago. I was just on Facebook. I'm just, no, I was on YouTube actually. I'm just scrolling, and then I'm like, "Hang on a minute, that looks like somebody I know on a Guitar World video." Oh, shit, it's Charlie. how did that happen <laughs>
1: uh i just emailed them really <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, so, so um i saw that they were doing this sick riffs uh series which i thought was awesome you know it's in support of uh you know it was during the first lockdown it was in support of people that had to isolate and you know people that need to that to, to continue supporting musical education really that's how i saw it you know supporting musical education and supporting that people that may not have the um capabilities and opportunities to continue their education uh, during the times um and they were just getting uh, big artists and bands but also underground artists and bands to do little um to just do little tutorials on like a section of one of their songs um all over the world which which again i thought was great so i just emailed them and i sent them a few um hd online lessons that i'd already done for my youtube and uh what the band was and stuff like that and they yeah they liked the music and they were up for doing it so um maybe that opens up opportunities for doing more stuff for them in the future that would be really cool
0: that's really really good there man yeah i did i i thought that maybe they might have approached you but i i I love the fact that they're quite receptive to just having big bands and like so many different bands involved just to give people a platform because nowadays it's quite tricky just being in the music industry as you know yourself so whatever can help get you guys out there is amazing and i was really happy just to see you there i was like oh it's amazing
1: (laughs) yeah i was I, i was really chuffed that they they did it and um really happy but it, it just shows that you know something can be just an email away like uh, we we've always been a very hands-on band as well so um i think that comes from you know all of us being fairly uh, fa- fairly business-minded to some extent um so you know we've always been like that's just we want to do something then let's just try and find the contact for it if they don't contact us, at least if they don't reply, then at least we've given it a go. And then maybe there's another route to being able to get in contact with them. But, um, you know, definitely we're, we're not shy to, um, of just going in and, and emailing people and seeing, seeing what we get back.
0: (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean, that is true. You never know until you try. And a lot of people don't try, which is Mm. sad, but yeah.
1: Yeah. a A lot of people kind of live in, it's going to sound really dark. A lot of people live in fear um, throughout their lives, um, and it's and it's sad. You know, you just got to. Well, it, it's really easy to be consumed by fear. I I certainly have. I certainly still do. You know, get consumed by my own fear. But you've just got to. you got to find that way out of it and be like, do you know what? The, the the only way to stop myself from feeling like this is to actually be proactive about it and and. Uh, do the thing that I fear because, you know, if you, as you said, you know, if you don't, you don't do it, you don't know. And it's better to, I think, <laughs> the thing I always think about actually is that, again, this is kind of dark, but I always, <laughs> think, I always think that, you know, like you see in a lot of films and, uh, and and TVs of people on their deathbed and they're kind of like, they talk to, you know, their, their son or daughter or, or somebody younger than them. And they're like, you know, whatever you do, you you know don't do make the most of your life don't do this blah, blah blah you know um the one thing i regret is that i didn't do this and i always think about that as like you know i don't want to be on my deathbed and be like i wish i did this i want to you know when the time comes i want to be like you know what i'm happy with the way my life went you know <laughs> or, no. i'm happy with the things i did in my life um so i guess just that tiny tiny little thing of like you know well, you know, I don't, I'd i rather not regret that I didn't do this than, you know, regret that I did. I don't think I'd ever regret that I did it, you know?
0: Yeah, no, I get you there. And that is quite true because I think for most people, the the, the sense of fear is, I think, fear of failure because you yes. end up feeling like, I, I've tried and it's not come to fruition. What am I doing? And and that be, can be quite real and it can be quite oppressive. But as you've said, the paradoxical nature is that fear of failure stops you from even trying because mm. you're so worried about what if I try and I can't make it instead of thinking, why don't I see what happens? A lot of people, and this is something that I'm also just, I try to live by that motto as well. And I have had stumbling blocks. Like, I think most people know that I've started learning to code. And there are points when I end up just getting to a slight wall. It's like, man, this is hard. But you, when you either speaking to people or just looking online, they say that it will get difficult at times. But you have to just keep on going because that the fear of just saying, am I understanding this? Or just fear and self-doubt. Self-doubt is also just a powerful thing that will consume you at times. Yeah. And trying to fight that is tricky. But I I think every now and then it's just usually good to just speak to people and just, you know, try to get help, just speak to your friends and try to get help with that. Because a lot of those times that self doubt is just in you. But other people do not see you as the either, well, person who is just that full of self doubt or has fears of failure. They're actually there for you and they want to support you. You'd be surprised how many people are there for you for your journey and want to help you along the way.
1: Yeah, and I think that the first, the best thing to do as soon as you feel like there's that inner inner voice in your head that's uh, creating all these fears, or you know, or there's that fear that's starting to consume you. The first thing you should do is just talk to somebody about it. Like, even if you don't, even if you start off with like explaining this is how I feel, you know, and and blah blah blah. I reckon you'd feel a lot of weight lifted straight away. Well, you know, I speak I, I I'm speaking out of experience like I try to I don't always get to do it because like that sometimes that fear consumes me so much that I shy away from talking to people, but you know, the first thing you can do is well, when I've spoken to somebody suddenly it's suddenly, you know, there's clarity and you're like what have I been you know, you just like okay, you know, I'm ready to go now, you know, even in a matter of seconds, like, uh, you know, it's not always that easy. But, you know, sometimes in a matter of seconds, as soon as you've opened your mouth, and you said something, the fear is gone, almost, you know, it's, uh, or there's just that sense of clarity that, okay, you know, I can't just live my life like this, I've got to go ahead and do it.
0: Yeah, and also I think um, due to the way that we live our lives We end up forgetting It's a phrase that I've heard somebody say Which is quite true And worrying that of, about how universal it is Is that whenever you're going through these things Just always remember something And it might sound a tad bit blasé But it's the matter that You're not the first person to go through this You are definitely not the last They made it through, so can you yeah, very true.
1: Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I, I totally get that. Um, I mean, uh, it's a shame because some a lot of these things that do sound very cliche and stuff that, you know, they don't always they they don't convince everybody. So um, and, but there's that kind of thing that you pretty much you you said earlier about, you know, it, if you it's important to fail because then you know what you did wrong the last time. So you, then you can try again and do differently. You know, I don't know where, I can't remember where this quote came from, but, you know, it's it's one of those typical quotes that I'm sure lots of people say, but, um, you know, if in doubt, try and try again, you know, or if you fail, try and try again. You know, you just got to keep on. I know that the more you fail, the more, the harder it gets to self-motivate and stuff like that but you're you're, you're fine you'll you'll see the light eventually you know you're probably from all the failures there's probably some all, the, all all the times that you try something there's probably something to gain out of it whether that's just experience you know experience is important as anything
0: yeah that's true and that it's quite true there um so uh we ended up just basically going on a weird little tangent about <laughs> yeah it's a little just like a tangent about our almost what you call it um self-help stuff but i want to go yeah. back to you well. and,
1: and yeah I'm, wait, i guess like it's, it's um yeah yeah self-help and psychology and stuff like
0: that yeah i mean but i think it's because um <clears throat> From what I've noticed, we're both kind of positive people who try to make the best out of life. And these are the things that we found help us because life is not easy for anyone, really. We have all had to struggle with things, but it's how you calibrate your mind to end up having ways to look at things in such a manner that ends up being helpful.
1: Yeah, definitely. And it's uh, I guess it's not it's not just about being positive. It's not just about being um real about situ like you've got to have that balance of you know like the uh all the different types of personalities like optimism and uh pessimism and uh realism and idealism and um pragmatic and you know like all all the all, all the different types uh personality traits um you've got to you've got to understand all of them i think to um to, yeah to be able to understand like the best way to deal with situations
0: yeah no that's true that's true that's true so um now um one of the things that we had spoken about a while ago uh was as you're teaching right now i'll take it that you're self-employed right yeah how have you been finding it with well lockdown uh, because I, I know that a lot of people who are self-employed have been finding it quite tricky but i think with you, you you're still able to work which makes it easier right
1: yeah um, the na- I guess the nature of my business m- meant that I could um, it-, it can translate to being online fine you know it was uh, it was stressful at first. you know like um, you know uh, as you know, well as you were saying yeah I'm not I wasn't alone in this like everybody's finding it's tr- stressful. but yeah, it was stressful to organize reorganize the business so that it was all online. And to make sure everybody was um, set up and and ultimately all as organised as they could be on their end, so that everything ran smoothly. Uh, but at the same time, you know, it needed to be a bit of a learning curve for everybody to to find the best way. Um, but yeah, like it's it's um, since then it's been a it, it's been a bit of a breeze, really. Um, uh, I found lots of lots of cool new th- things that. Um, and opportunities online teaching has presented itself to, um, enable me to actually offer, uh, more resources to my students and stuff. Um, but, um, so, so yeah, um, I'm, it's good that my business is still run so I can make a living and stuff. Um, so yeah, I think the hard thing will be when, when the world opens up again, then it would be a hard decision to decide what I want to do with my business. Like whether I want to keep it online or go back to, or, you know, go back to hiring a building and getting them people to come and see me.
0: Yeah. But also on top of that, as you say, when the world opens back for you guys, there's a bigger issue at hand, which is Brexit, because you guys do a lot of touring in Europe, don't you?
1: Yeah. Well, um, our first, our first big, first tour really in Europe was a couple of years ago where we did like a whole month um but yeah we have got we are in discussions about doing a European tour at the end of the year if um if that actually happens you know <laughs> if that's able to happen you know I guess just uh, musicians are trying to do uh you know just organize some stuff so that in hope that you know it kind of we have some sense of uh, normality when it's, um, you know, maybe at the by the end of this year. Um, so yeah, that that will present definitely present its um, difficulties. I reckon We're, we'll just see really. It, like it's uh, we'll see what happens. You know, we'll uh, if we do do this European tour and all most is mended you know because uh, I don't think normal is going to be very different when we see it like it's oh, yeah. not going to be like it was and we have to accept that like that's the biggest thing that I don't think some people are accepting is that normal is changing now and we have to get with it you know we have to move with it and and learn um you know we will see some we will see i reckon we'll see some times that that were very similar to how it used to be but i think after all this it's going to be a bit different um but yeah like yeah it will be interesting to see the difficulties that arise from brexit and being able to tour in europe because also for european musicians coming over to the uk to tour as well um the only thing i the only thing there is that if they're coming over from Europe, I guess they would only have to get one visa. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, so, but I don't, I don't really know what the ins and outs is until I actually have to look into it or we have to look into it. You know, it's, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting because are they seriously going to, to expect UK musicians to have to get a visa for every single country that they go to in Europe or, is, or maybe it's just going to be a European visa, which allows you to, um, yeah, move between the countries in the EU.
0: I'm not so sure because um before I became a British citizen you'd need to get a Schengen visa for you to travel all over Europe, but it didn't apply to the UK um at that point. So I, I'm i not even sure how it's gonna work, but I'm just using my prior experience. So oh, okay. it will be interesting. Yeah, definitely
1: and it's not gonna stop us, we just do what we have to do, really. Um there's no point sitting and moaning about it, really. <laughs> What's done is done. We just have to go ahead. Exactly. You know, it's all about, you know, you live and you learn and you move forward. Um, yeah, yeah. I, always use, I always use the thing about Facebook and people moan about when Facebook changes. And it's just like, oh, my God, just how many times has this changed now? You know, just get with it. You know, you just have to learn to move forward. This, this is a business. They don't, you know they don't care (laughs) you know they don't care about us (laughs) yeah exactly you
0: know I mean with me um again this will also sound a bit dark now on my time um Mm -hmm. but there's a philosophy that I've always tried to adhere to and I it applies to businesses but it also applies to certain aspects of people and I usually say that when when it comes to mainly businesses, but people can take up th- this up. It, it's not as extreme, but it's, it basically says that when it comes to humanity, the way that we go through life, you have to either learn to evolve or be left behind.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I totally agree.
0: Yeah. We have to adapt and evolve. Otherwise, we're going to be left behind. And what's done is done. We can either look at, look at it and keep on talking about it, or we say, well, this is not going to be nice, but we might as well try to make the best of what we can. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
1: Definitely. It's just, it's, 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 uh, it goes back to what I was saying about the balance of the, um, personality traits. Um, or even if that's what you call them, you know, be up, be positive, be optimistic, but understand what is real, you know, at the same time. And, um, be rational really Uh, uh, you know accept what is but understand that you know there's ways out of things or there's ways to do things and and stuff like that so it's uh, yeah life's an interesting journey my friend
0: (laughs) you've actually made me think of a way to um, distill that into a nice little motto okay yeah accept what is imagine what could be
1: Yeah, no, I think I'll use that, mate.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's just like, that actually works. Yeah. Um, So um, as we've spoken before as well, there's another aspect of yourself that I didn't know too recently, which is that you're vegan. And I'm I'm interested to see when you became vegan, like how did you start along that journey?
1: Yeah, so um, um, I've probably about two years now, it maybe two and a half years um, since eating vegan or eating plant based, whatever you want to call it. Um, I my journey towards that was mainly through was mainly to do with diet and you know health and stuff like that. Um, I kind of yeah. So um, I was this before prior to that i was eating s- so much meat red meat as well like lots of red meat um buying into the whole protein thing and um you know i've been through my phases of uh, fitness diets and stuff like that over the years and luckily come out of it and learn from learn from things um but i guess i was always op- like I always tried to remain open minded and op- open to having my beliefs changed, which is kind of like, what we were going back to whereas like, you know, belief is the end of all reason. But you know, if you, if you, if you're open to let your beliefs be changed through fact and, you know, other opinions and stuff like that, um, then, you know, you, you can, you can grow and change. And, um, so yeah, I just, um, I was following some doctors and health and fitness people and, uh, bodybuilders, people that had been in the fitness industry for like decades, long, long time. And, um, and, and yeah, and the health professionals and stuff. And, and it just kept on pointing more and more towards that the healthiest, um, way to the healthiest strategy or diet strategy or i don't like to call it a diet but you know like lifestyle that's it the healthiest lifestyle was to eat plant-based and um you know i was like okay you know i this is interesting and i was i want to be more convinced and blah, blah blah and so yeah i just keep on digging deeper finding more and more evidence to it and stuff like that and um so i started to Shy away from eating meat with every meal and stuff like that. And, and it's funny because I loved uh, as a kid, you know, I we used to eat, sometimes eat vegetarian meals and stuff like that. And you know, I've always liked vegetables and, and salads and, and stuff like that. And, um, not that I only eat vegetables and salads, that's not what vegan diet is. <laughs> I know some people out there might think that's all we eat. Um, but, um, yeah, so I started, um, shying away from it a bit more and taking meat out and just like, you know, just, uh, you know, just changing my meals a little bit. Um, and I guess I kind of went to that flexitarian stage as some people might call it yeah, where I was, uh, trying to eat mostly, uh, vegan or vegetarian. Uh, but if I really fancied something like a steak or something, I wouldn't tell myself, no, I couldn't. Cause, um, I don't think that's, um, you know, if any, that's the way to sort of um, change your eating habits. If you tell yourself you can't do something or eat something, then the only thing that you're going to crave is that thing.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, no, that's true.
1: Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so it went through a bit of a stage. Um, it, it was funny enough, It's actually on a tour. Um, we were on a tour August 2018, I think it was, with a, a night in Texas from Australia. And uh, I was like, do you know what? Mostly when I am on tour, because I try and eat healthy when I am away, because it can be really tempting not to eat healthy when you are on tour. And um, i I was I noticed that I ate most thing mostly things that were plant based. Um, so I was like, do you know what, I am gonna, I am just gonna see if I can eat vegan for this tour. I was like, if I can do it on tour, then at home is gonna be easy peasy. So I did it. I stuck with it. Uh, felt great for the tour um i was working out on tour as well because take resistant bands with me and stuff or nice find or or find a gym and stuff like that when whenever i go on tour um and um when yeah when i got home i was i just basically continued the plant-based thing and and um i think the only thing was is that that september afterwards when i went to spain um me and my girlfriend were mainly in vegan um but you know one night i fancied a steak so i had one um but funny enough th- something had changed i was kind of like after i ate it i was like i feel like i couldn't have like i could have not had that you know like it wasn't as satisfactory as i thought it was going to be um and it was it wasn't it was a badly cooked steak or anything it was it was really good but um so like after that i started going more strict strictly just sticking well i say strictly just carrying on the progression until until the yeah, air just now i just solely eat vegan plant-based um so yeah a bit of a transition i think that might be a, a lesson in itself like if you're thinking about it like just just you know walk walk through it you know don't run to one side the other side <laughs> and, and be like right now i'm vegan never touching meat again even though I just had like a massive steak last night, like, you know, just you—you've got to kind of you can't throw yourself in the deep end. No. Yeah, you gotta gotta go go with it. But um, yeah, I can't see ever going back unless suddenly evidence points towards that I'm killing myself because of it. You know, which uh, isn't the case. So
0: <laughs> oh, that's true. And also, it's it's interesting how a lot of people are quite averse to becoming vegan nowadays. I mean. I should also preface I'm not a vegan I just have a lot of vegan friends and I know a lot of things so probably not the best person to be saying the following words <laughs> It's much easier to be vegan nowadays than it was beforehand Um
1: yeah I think I think so because of the because of the information out there Yeah I think yes but in regards to food no I, like I think if you well, i in regards to the food sources, they were always there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and I'm not just I'm not saying like the vegan alternatives because that's just a load of junk and chemicals, really. <laughs> <laughs> not not that I don't mind indulging in that every now and again, but I try to stick to, you know, natural sources of stuff. So, you know, my my diet mainly consists of um, you know, uh potatoes, rice, pasta, um, beans and legumes, lots of vegetables, lots of fruits, um, nuts, natural nuts. um, And I guess that covers
0: everything that comes from a plant there. (laughs) Yeah, and also on top of that, I was, um, because as you've said, the ingredients were always there, but people didn't, maybe people didn't use them that much, but you'd be surprised when you end up, a good example is, indian food there is a lot of indian food that is already vegan by happenstance but most people yeah. don't realize that yeah
1: yeah 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 definitely and yeah it's um i think it's yeah the there's just been misinformation over the years about the vegan diet and stuff like that and it's now coming out that you know that, that it's now changing like well there still is lots of misinformation about it um it, usually because of commercial industries and unfortunately and mainstream interest, industries um you know uh creating their own uh, news about things or or um funding uh funding um uh like scientific tests and stuff like that whereas that uh but because they're fun that's something to watch out for if you're ever into researching stuff and reading um about evidence-based stuff just be careful about who's who A- paid for for, who paid for it yeah <laughs> um you know like the best thing to do is look for ones that we're you know supported by charities and stuff because then they're not they've not been um uh the the yeah it's not they've not basically if they're paid by um like a commercial entity or something like that, then there's always, the the results are always going to be fixed to some extent. You know, they're going to be, they're going to be looking for certain results rather than just seeing what, what comes out.
0: And I think that can be tricky for people who are just getting into things because they do not know that there is a slant. And so they end up saying, I found some research is like, good. Where's it from?
1: Yeah. That's it. Like, it 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 seems it's very easy for anybody these days to be like well you know this is scientifically based um scientifically backed and this and this is and this is but so and and then it seems like everybody can become a completely complete knowledge base but you just got to know where to look but at the same time knowledge is doing as well so you've just got to learn you've got to give things a go and learn from your experiences and yeah and you know i've i've um there's people often say like oh you do you feel better or healthier and stuff like that and i guess there's aspects that i feel healthier and better but i wouldn't i wouldn't you don't notice much difference but at the same time you do i don't i know that's very sort of that doesn't really mean anything really does it me saying that (laughs) but you know it's yeah there's parts parts of me that are healthier because of it and um yeah just there's something there's there's a quality about it like the, the energy that you get and um and yeah just the kind of yeah, there's just there's just something about it which just feels better. <laughs> but it's not. I'm. That's not me saying like it's better. Everybody should do it. You know, it's. You've just got to kind of. You learn yourself, really.
0: Yeah, it's like give it a go, see how it goes.
1: Yeah, and I'm not one to shove anything, down, shovel anything down anybody's throats. Like there's pe- there's people out there that give people that eat vegan a bad name you know
0: (laughs) oh yeah i know
1: yeah and um yeah you know it's uh, even though my my reasons were mainly um health related and diet it's um you know there's lots of other benefits that me eating this way uh, well lots of other benefits that come along like the fact that it's um you know it's it's better for the planet and and blah 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 and you know um better for animals and all that all that kind of thing so it's kind of like double whammy like uh, no matter what your reasons are you know you, you're kind of that there's other there benefits from going that way
0: yeah have you ever been to
1: vegan camp out no but um yeah we we were actually tempted at some point i, I know we did mention it but yeah we haven't yet
0: no yeah i went uh two years ago it was quite fun
1: really enjoyed oh, it cool. yeah Nice, yeah. I'd, I'd um, we're certainly interested in going.
0: Yeah, because you already know the 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 play, the venue anyway. So, yeah, where where is it? The showground. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. I didn't realize it was there. All right. So you already know where it is. It, it's it's just surreal. Just going like, I was here a few months ago, and this was very different. Yeah, <laughs> I can imagine yeah it is surreal but no i enjoyed it so much it was really really nice that's cool yeah that's so with that note we are getting to the end of the podcast so um before i end up uh, finishing it i usually ask my guests if they have any nice final words for the listeners um put me on the spot here no no so it's, it's cool um
1: just uh Okay. Don't forget to love yourself. In the, <laughs> without say without, but I don't mean in the arrogant way. <laughs> <laughs> um, don't don't. Maybe the right word is don't forget to be kind to yourself and be kind to others.
0: Yeah, no, that that is true. And again, as we ended up talking about, I think it looks back to what we we're talking about earlier. You know, the fe- the fear of failure and the self doubt, and I think for a lot of people, I myself have gone through this self-loathing it can be a bitch so yes, yeah
1: definitely. yes uh and you know i think people can might sometimes think that um people talking about this like we are now you know they might see us as like well you know they they're, they're all right that's all right for them because you know they're you know they're all happy and positive but you know we're not we're not, we're not always we're not always like this you know it's um everybody has their own battles and their own demons so yeah oh, so uh, yeah everybody be you know y- you've got to be kind to yourself and um yeah, yeah be yeah. kind to yourself but also be kind to others and I think that that's uh I'm sure you'll live a happy life from that
0: <laughs> yeah oh that is true and that is a good finishing off point because seriously a lot of times people are too hard on themselves and they should be Kinder to themselves, you're probably not as bad a person as you think you are. You're probably a really nice person. You should not be so hard on yourself. Oh, and, Sorry, yep. I, I butted in there. What were you going to say? No, I was going to say, and you might have done things in the past, but life is all about change and evolving to try to become a better person day by day.
1: Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. I think I know a lot of people that see themselves as. Well, they just view themselves in a negative way and they're just, they're not, they are not that person they think they are. They're lovely human beings.
0: Yeah. but it can be hard though, but as we've said, try to be kinder to yourself and to be kinder to other people. And so I'm just I just echoed what Charlie said. I think that's what I do nowadays because all of my guests just have really nice things to say. So I'm echoing what Charlie said. And also, uh, as we're still during COVID times, please be safe. Look after yourselves. Wash your hands. Stay socially distanced. Uh, And yes, and on that note, we shall finish now and we shall see you guys next week.